listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. Welcome to the Female VC Lab podcast. I have May here. May, in one line, give me your name, your title, and the name of your fund. Yes. So I am the founder and managing director of a solo woman-run venture capital fund called G20 Ventures. What inspired you to become a VC or an investor? That goes back to 2017 and my kind of background to going to VC is that I organized an intercollegiate student entrepreneurship club that regularly gathered student entrepreneurs from top 20 universities in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of access to great ideas and great founders. And I was thinking to myself, what's the most direct way to support all those members? The answer is pretty clear, which is to financially back them. So that kind of situation encouraged me to start my first VC fund when I was a junior in college out of my dorm room. Oh, wow. That's awesome. It's fun. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your investment thesis and kind of the motivation behind or your thesis. I started my first investment thesis in the future of retail and oh. I was seeing this, I was seeing this movement back in 2016, 2017 of the direct consumer brands. If one recalls, it's Casper away and had a lot of confidence in that movement, redefining the retail history. And uh, I made a bet back in 2017 into Burrow. I met the founder while he was a Wharton student. Now Burrow is one of the widely known brands, but I was really excited about this movement and also the B2B infrastructure companies that support those emergent consumer brands. Mm -hmm. I was captivated by product information, product innovation, personalized experience, and luxury goods made to be more accessible. Mm-hmm. And post-graduation, I furthered my thesis into the category of the future of healthcare and the future of ad tech. Okay. Um, and I was very interested in the growth of telehealth and how mm-hmm. that's a signal of this need and urge to redefine the interactions between providers and patients. Mm-hmm. So now that like the consumers have all the technology available to them, they're seeking not only successful outcomes, but also high quality experiences. 
And also regarding ad tech, I was very intrigued and excited by the rise of in-home learning during COVID. Mm -hmm. And I see a continuous growth in that category, especially inspired by the demand of students, parents, and educators alike. Mm -hmm. So I'm very interested in educational tech in the age of AI and how one use AI enablement to really make education more available and accessible to everyone, not just like people from elite city, but also mass America, your veterans from Midwest, your single moms from South of America. That's also something that I'm extremely passionate about and something that I really can connect to given my background and how America has shown me great opportunities ever since I got here. I I like that emphasis of the education because now as an individual, you can have access to things like Harvard classes and certain other things that you couldn't have access to before. And now that kind of helps democratize that out. So I do like those pieces of the education portion. And then also I like the healthcare because... Like you said, not only is it the experience, but also the outcomes and then the access, right? That's another one where you may be able to access some people that you normally couldn't access unless you went to a hospital or into certain things and and also areas. You're also being able to broaden the areas of who can have access to healthcare, absolutely, like high quality healthcare, which is important. Yeah, absolutely. And access is something that I think that I really care about and it's reflected in the investments that I make. So in terms of education tech, my second best performing company is called Career Karma. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, when I first find out about the company, I was really um, impressed and at the same time really taken by the founder's story, which is, which inspired me and, it's something that I really connect to that like American dream exists and it's still going and it's available for everyone. And the founder story is a perfect alignment with that. So he, Ruben Harris, he is a first gen African-American and he started his career by sending out thousands of cold emails to breaking to tap, oh, sorry, to breaking to banking he doesn't have the pedigree or the background. And he eventually broke into banking. And he later wow. on wanted to break into tech. And he started a podcast. Mm-hmm. And through that, he really learned about the struggles and the barriers for people with less pedigree and background to break into tech. So he created this product. At first, it's a navigation tool for customers to get into certain specific tailored coding bootcamp and eventually mm-hmm. placed them into tech. And he most recently just raised $40 million from mm-hmm. well-known investors to go the employee-employer benefit route mm-hmm. to really empower employee to upskill and upgrade their skill sets. Yeah, that's super important right now. Super important. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. So what are you currently learning or listening to or reading these days? 
So I really, so my college degree actually was in English literature. So I am, I really, I also went to UC Berkeley for a year. So there is a connection yeah, go there. Bear, go there. Go <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I am, I have always been very interested in the author world and the contemporary authors. So one of the blogs that I read every day is by American author Seth, S-E-T-H. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was reading about this like blog post today, which resonated with me. It's about asking a favor and how mm-hmm. the hustle culture so far has discovered asking a favor has been a great, a great way to seek connection. But, sure. but the blog post was also saying that, well, I'm quoting right now, that how civilization fades as a result of entitlement related, <laughs> related to asking a favor. So how one should really view that courtesy, that gesture, is that when the person hustles to ask a favor, it's a two-sided, two-sided street and also the person that's giving the favor should recognize that as a moment of connection. And there is something to gain from both parts. So if one were to view that favor asking is actually a moment of connection instead of just a transaction, a transaction, everything's a transaction, which everything is that leads to great outcome. And I saw that was a great acknowledgement of this of this kind of action that we make and I started my career asking a lot of favors and I cold reached out to a lot of VCs and became close to a lot of emerging fund manager I'm currently in the emerging fund manager circle organized by equal ventures mm-hmm. uh, so I I see how that asking for a favor, asking for education, asking to um, be each other's echo chamber for some ideas mm-hmm. could lead to great outcome. And it certainly led to where I am right now and to be part of um, many like small circles that really see value of coming together to be each other's support. I'm also on the verge of organizing a community around successful immigrant founders, specifically for That's the founders who recently cashed out mm-hmm. just their company. And now they're at a point in their financial life to really consider maybe the formation of a family office, maybe right. to think about very strategic allocation of their newly earned capital. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope to form a community that people could come together, talk about that and offer each other's resources and ideas. And I also feel like immigrant founders share, we have this layer of trust that's um, inspired by our shared story of coming to America and creating something and being established here. And also because of all the benefits and all the opportunities that we have 
seen and we have cherished so far. Uh, I think we all, as a small community, we want to get together, also discuss where America is going, how we can better pull together our resources to help where America is going for our next generation, for the current generations of immigrant founders. So that's something I'm also very passionate about. And in terms of asset allocation, I also think in the past, a lot of founders aren't able, it's very attractive and it's known to allocate your capital into tech and whether that's VCP or hedge fund. But also, I think there are many interesting and less accessible historically asset classes that people can explore, like sports as an asset, media as an mm-hmm. asset. Mm-hmm. So yep. I hope to build this community that we can explore opportunities across the board and support each other at each step of the gross point that's correlated with their financial life. That's awesome. So here's the bonus question. Everyone gets it. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> In two years, when we're talking, yes. how do you see venture capital or investing having changed or evolved? And I think some of it's come out of your, your question, but what else do you potentially see making a change in venture? Yeah, that's a question that I take it to heart and I've been thinking a lot about, and I would love to see changes in venture capital world landscape going forward. So not intentionally, but just perhaps due to the ease of connection and a deeper understanding, I invested my portfolio, which is uh, 19 investments. I supported 79% of my portfolio is diversity founder, and they have proven to ROI. So it's not only that one, it's not only that one wants to support those diversity founder for, for it's purposeful and intentional, which is what I hear you saying. Uh, or for a great cause, but also yes. I deeply believe in the financial outcome of mm-hmm. supporting diversity founder. It yes. has been true. It has been proven for my past Five years experience. My 100%. best performing founder is a Latin Mexican guy who doesn't have any American pedigree. Now he's a little sure of a unicorn creating, yeah, aiming at to be the largest logistical platform in Latin, specifically, mostly focused on last mile delivery. It's mm-hmm. called 99 Menudo. And I've also awesome. supported two Asian American women founders and they have also expressed that for example the founders of Hughes Inventory they're both out of Stanford and majored in computer science but they when they went out on their roadshow to fundraise people still doubt their ability to make an AI product just because they're women so I think by having more diverse um, faces sitting across the table, I think there there's going to be more understanding and connection and uh, potential for success. Wonderful. How do people contact you? 
I think the best way to contact me would be through email, which is may at j20ventures.com. Thank you so much, Maylee from J20 Ventures for being my guest on the Female VC Lab podcast. Thank you so much, Barbara. It has been wonderful talking to you. And I look forward to keeping in touch. This episode is brought to you by Trail and Ventures. Find and invest in the next billion dollar emerging tech company. Sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash slash com to find out more. Find us on Apple, on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening.